Yeah, mother suckers. Yeah, ass listening to Vanguard News Network broadcasting. Shit. All right. Uh, welcome back to the broadcast. This is the second hour of VNN Free Talk Live. We've got Alex coming in on a few, uh, in a few minutes, uh, but uh, want to want to reintroduce James Hawthorne. James, you there? Hi, Jeff. Hello, everybody. You know, what is this, uh, how do you pronounce this woman's name um, that uh, we saw in the news? Her name is T-O-N-G-E? Tongue. Yeah, she is a she is an Aryan, right? Baroness Jenny Tongue, yes, she is. Yeah, Baron, yeah Baroness uh, Jenny Tong. And um, this is quite an interesting story. Uh, there's little acts of defiance that we see breaking out uh, to the Jews' uh, uh, grip of power. They're they're rather meek, uh, but you know there are these little outbursts, and um, Jimmy mm-hmm. Carter had a few of them. Let me let me just before we get into this Tong Tong fellow, uh, a Baroness Tong, uh, he, he, this, Jimmy Carter said this in his recent book, quote, because of powerful political, economic, and religious forces in the United States, Israeli government decisions are rarely questioned or condemned. Voices from Jerusalem dominate in our media, and most American citizens are unaware of circumstances in the occupied territories, end quote. And this week we have another sort of uh, eruption, an uncomplimentary comment uh, about our gallant little ally in the Middle East, as William yep. Pierce said. The leader of Britain's Liberal Democratic Party is considering recommendations to discipline and perhaps expel Baroness Jenny Tong from the party's membership in the House of Lords following comments she made last week on the power of, quote, pro-Israeli lobby. Speaking at Edinburgh University at a meeting attended by representatives of the Israeli Ministry of Foreign Affairs, Tong defended comments she she made at the September's party conference, quote, the pro-Israeli lobby has got its grips on the Western world, its financial grips, I think they've probably got a grip on our party. You betcha they have. That takes some moxie to say that. Do you know, as we've reported on Area Matters, our program with Lee Gardner, not only is the Labour Party being financed by these, uh, these Jews, also the Conservative Party is coming screeching up screechingly up fast as well with Cameron and all his cronies with all, all this Jewish finance and the, and the Liberal Democratic Party is Britain's third largest party again don't have to scratch the surface too deep to see who finances it Jews you know that's a that's a really uh, strong comment too I mean these people like Carter and and uh, Tong, uh, I suspect, are not one of us. Uh, they are people who probably, uh, you know, may not be invited to tea parties uh, uh, or to luncheon with the Queen, or <laughs> you know, or uh, visits to the Lincoln bedroom in the White House. Uh, when they say these kind of comments, they they they'll lose their their position on the social register when they make comments like this. But it it is it, so you know, in their world uh, that's that's pretty serious. So you, you've got to let me let me read this quote. This 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 comes this could be out right out of the protocols of the elders of Zion. Listen to this quote from Baroness Jenny Tong uh, from the British Liberal Democratic Party uh, or the Liberal Democratic Party. Excuse me. Quote: The pro-Israeli lobby has got its grips on the Western world. It's financial grips. I think they've probably got a grip on our party. <laughs> Gosh. And anyway, there was um, there was uh, some backlash, uh, most notably from uh, the Christian wackos. And you've got some, uh, in my opinion, some serious wacko Christians <laughs> over there. Yeah, we sure have. Uh, your wacko Christians are different from our wacko Christians, but uh they have a different st- kind of strain of insanity in into their uh <laughs> in them but uh anyway we can talk about that later but anyway uh, George Carey the archbishop 
of of Canterbury. You know what a, what an important historical figure he is, and you know yeah. here he comes out. Um, the Archbishop of Canterbury, George Carey, uh, calls for her censure uh, and said uh, her comments are well. This is this is boilerplate. Uh, quote, irresponsible and inappropriate and evoked a classic anti-Jewish conspiracy theory. Ooh. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but you know what? She didn't back down. She came back uh, and, she, and she clarified her comments. She didn't, she didn't, she didn't grovel, uh, which is very nice. We had someone grovel over here late. Oh, that was Kramer. Anyway, she said that she uh, based her comments on the, um, on the John Mearsheimer and Stephen Vault uh, uh, book review that appeared in the Times of London, the London mm-hmm. Review of Books. Excuse me, yep. and she uh, and she defended her comments by establishing that. And of course, that didn't end it. Leaders of Britain's Jewish community have been quick to call for an account. John Benjamin, chief executive. Of, oh, this this is one of your favorite groups over there, um, uh, James. Uh, <laughs> the uh, chief executive of the Board of Jewish Deputies. Yep. Uh, yeah. And um, if, if, quote, if someone makes comments that are, are so at odds with what the party feels and hopefully at odds with common decency, then one would hope that they are no longer made welcome in the party itself. Th- this woman ought to be leading the party. Oh, sure, yeah, I agree. <laughs> but it shows, I mean, <clears throat> we did a report on... Uh, Jewish financial power behind the Conservative Party at the moment, the Conservative Party is Britain's second largest party Um, but who outed all these Jews who were financing Cameron and his cronies, it was none other than the Jewish Chronicle Oh, is that right? Yeah, I think these Jews feel they feel so in control that they can just you know, go in, but you know obviously, you know your normal goyim don't read the Jewish yes. Chronicle. Jews and white nationalists read the Jewish Chronicle. You're right. In, in Great Britain and the world, and because you get the inside scoop if you read, and, and this report that we got was from the Jerusalem Post. It's always good to read these Jewish newspapers, the Forward in America, and uh, Herats, and uh, Jerusalem Post, the Jewish Chronicle. All these all these Jewish kike papers are online, uh, and it was it was quite amazing when we saw this report on from the Jewish Chronicle outing all these Jews who were financing uh, Cameron and his cronies in the Conservative Party over here in Great Britain. You know, the, I, I read the forward and I read the online version, and uh, I've gone into uh, our local library. You mentioned the forward, James, yeah. and. Uh, and I'll, some of the good stuff is in the print edition, and yeah. a lot, a lot of the, um, a lot of the sort of uh, semi non-controversial stuff is in the uh, online edition. But um, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 all like uh, when Jimmy Carter comes out and says these type of things, uh, but uh, he's not one of us. And and this is a quote I found about uh, he was giving his book review and he was interviewed. Uh, in this quote he gave about the the Jewish media control in this country, and, and uh, he gave a book review, and um, darn it, did I lose this? Oh, I lost it. I lost this quote. Let me see if I can find this quote. Um, and once you read this quote, you'll realize that he is not one of us. He um, he said that he's a he's a Christian, and that he teaches the Old Testament to his students. And he said uh, in the foreword... Oh, I have it here, Jeff. Here you go. I've got okay. it. Uh, I've been teaching the Bible since I was 18 years, of, 18 years old. And half of, of each year, I teach in the Jewish scriptures. That's right. In what we call the Old Testament. The other half of the year, I teach in the New Testament. And for the last three months, I've been teaching about God's covenants with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses, and then with Joshua... And then in the times with the judges, and then going into King David and Saul and Solomon and so forth. Yeah. This Sunday, I taught about Joshua. So, I've been teaching the Bible, and my belief is that God ordained that the Jews should have a homeland there. And I think that international law, beginning in 1948, says the same exact thing 
and that's what I believe. That's exactly the quote. That's the money quote, James. And we didn't share this. You saw that too. And yes. basically, this guy is a Christian Zionist. And and whatever whatever criticism he has of the Jews, uh, it's not our position. He we want to solve the Jewish problem, and he is in fact a he's submissive to the Jews. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, we 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 cannot let. This is why we have VNN broadcasting, for instance, because we cannot let these people shape the debate, uh, and uh, because they're incomplete and their thinking is is flawed, uh, they don't approach this uh, from a proper grounding. Man, I, I, I'm glad you're out there. <laughs> We're on the same note on this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, but I would I would urge everybody to uh, really read Jewish newspapers and Jewish periodicals, because they're discussing stuff amongst themselves which your normal goyim aren't gonna uh, aren't gonna read, and us us politically active white nationalists, it, it's a it, it's a good it's a good insight in, 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 into Jewish mind, the Jewish psyche, and how they want to get rid of us real quickly. Know your enemy. Know your enemy, exactly. All right, let's see if we can get um, uh, Mr. Alex Linder in here. He's got a few things to discuss. Let me see if I can call him. Boy, time's just flying by, isn't it, James? I think Alex was doing his calisthenics, wasn't he, before he came on the program? <laughs> Have you finished your calisthenics, uh Alex? Uh, yes, I'm all I'm all ready. <laughs> what did you, you think of the playlist, uh, the music playlist? Uh, it's pretty good. What's that one where that teenage is bleeding? I don't like that one. I really, I, I know that one song. I think you like. I'm not too partial to this. That old, uh, that old mighty Dallas style. To me, that's kind of depressing. What's that? But, but it's your show. So what play. is it? What song? I don't know what the name of it is. It's, d- it's d- that d- one. It's the one, uh, the one racialist one. Oh, you mean we pay for the nigger's house? Yeah. We pay for the nigger's trial. We pay for the nigger's food, my friend. Man, I love that stuff. And why he done lost his And why he done lost his <laughs> Man, I love this. Okay, but anyway. All right, I'm not partial to that, but that's uh, that's all right. Uh, yeah, I like the I like the Nirvana. I like the uh, some of the other stuff. Yeah. I'd say about fifty-fifty by my taste, but. Do you know, you know any other good songs by Nirvana? Uh, pretty much anything off Nevermind is pretty good. Okay, yeah, like I, like I said in the in the pre-show, I I and I'll I'll let you do the talking here. Uh, but uh, I said in the pre-show is that um, uh, I stopped listening to music in the nineties, and uh, uh, yeah, not, well, who's, who's the group that did Daughter? Uh, that did Daughter? Don't call me Daughter. Uh. uh uh, they were a real popular band. They sued the ticket company. Uh, oh, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like them? Uh, a couple there's all right. That's kind of the generation after mine. After I got out of college, that hit up in the early nineties. I like some of that stuff. Yeah, me too. So I like some Nirvana. I mean, yeah, the content of it, I don't. Uh, to the extent it's political, uh, I'm against it. Oh, me but, too. But it is our type of people. I mean, it's uh, angry, alienated, white youth. Well, you know, the thing the thing with Nirvana, though, there's so much bitterness in his music. And uh, and there's so, so there's so much dissatisfaction with the, with the yeah. commercial culture and, and the consumer but culture and all that. That's true. But the, he, uh, he was a little dude who grew up being beat up and harassed by football players and stuff, and he oh, would go right? around. Yeah, he would go around. I think Aberdeen, Washington, spraying like abort Jesus and and pro fag stuff. Oh, so he he either didn't know or never understood the source of probably a lot of what alienated him. And you know, there's just a generation of kids with they're born and there's nothing planned for them. You see that? That's and, why I want to play music like this uh, because. You know, but look! Look what he does! Look yeah. what he does in spite of it. He, I would equate him to Eminem. Yeah, he grows up in something he may not understand the context, but he still responds in a white way by developing Nirvana. Kind of developed a new style of song, and it, it's it, it's melodic and kind of explosive. 
Explosive. But it's not. It's not in the. I don't know how to put this in the correct musical terms. But it's not the standard, you know, two verses bridge and then and then final final chorus. It's it's a different way of organizing it. It, it is it, it's melodic, but it's a uh, but it's different. And uh, you know, Eminem you know, did Eminem did some funny stuff, and the stuff he did that made the mainstream, you know, is is is, is good in, in in that way. But it's uh, but he he did other stuff. He did something. Oh, this I would like you to play, but I'll be damned if I know the name of it. But he did a song basically mocking anti-drug public. Ad messages or school instructions—the funniest damn thing. And uh, if I knew the name of that, we could probably dig that off. Some well, there's some people listening to tonight, it. so uh, someone will probably know the name of that. But it, it's just—it's <laughs> anti-drug and it's anti-drug education at, at the same time. Yeah, so it's anti-drug effectively, but it's funny. The guy's funny, and of course, I don't approve of the content. At least it's political, it's ridiculous, but it just white genius really can't be hid, even if it comes out in a... You know, even if you take a... Come uh, through the Jews, it's... Ter- what is that word, teratogenic or productive of monsters? I came across that again when I was looking up thalidomide for something I posted on one of those about the socializing healthcare thread. Yeah. Teratogenic, and I may have that wrong, I may have thrown another syllable in there, like a white nigger, but uh means productive of monsters. And... and Something's teratogenic. That uh, that drug thalidomide produced birth defects, so that women were giving birth to monsters. And, and an FDA bureaucrat sat on her ass before approving it. So it ended up that it started producing birth defects in Europe before the FDA approved it. So they they decided to declare it a victory and <laughs> act like it was their great work that had prevented the drug from getting out. But nah, the socialization of that. I don't want to get off on that tangent though. That was a good thread, though, on the, on the blog. Yeah, it was interesting, and I, I wrote about healthcare stuff for ten years. So, I assure anyone listening that to, the best line ever written was P.G. O'Rourke's. You know, if you think it's ex, it's expensive now, wait till it's free. <laughs> you know, James. Uh, well, shoot. Do you like your uh, healthcare system over there in Britain? <clears throat> well, compared to the one in the United States, it, it it's a lot better. Yeah. But, you know, it's, again, the health system over here was created for white people. But it's been invaded. Not only is our island been invaded, but also our institutions have been invaded. Health yeah. services have been invaded. Cultural well, institutions have been invaded. It's just unbelievable. I, now I can tell... Yeah. There's big waiting lists in the health service now, you know. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what socialized medicine always produces. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with England. It has nothing to do even with whether there's niggers or whites running. It it's just mm-hmm. it's the nature of the government fucking control. You US people don't go to Canada to be treated. Canadian people come to the US to be treated. Mm-hmm. And the reason it's expensive is because the government got involved back in World War Two and they've the people don't have to pay the direct cost of health care. It's shifted on to someone else and that opens up a gap for Corruption and the the Russian Jewish mafia has moved into Medicare and Medicaid and and built <laughs> literally tens of billions out of that. You're kidding and, me? Y- y- no. Wow. It, it, when when the person's not paying directly for the care, it's like any other good. You know, if you want a candy bar, you got to pay this much. Well, if you want, you know, high end surgery or you want low, what do you want? It's not any different from any other good or service. And if you try to make it that way, then and you say, oh, there's no cost, you know, it's free, we're socializing it, okay, people, it just distorts it. And someone else will have to pick up the tab. And they say we want socialized medicine as a cure here, but we already have socialized medicine here. That's what's causing the problems that they claim will be solved if we go to a single payer. No, it'll just be worse. All that will happen is, and I'm absolutely dogmatic in this because I've seen it, what they want to do, and and. They'll try it again when Hillary Clinton comes in. They, they want to get, they want to have the politi- All socialized medicine means is the government makes the decisions instead of you. And, it, and it, not only do you not make the decision, you're going to pay much more than you pay now. And you know, just the simple fact that it's not directly okay. Directly, you go in and they treat you for free, but you got to pay that out of your taxes. So either way, you're going to pay for it. And they're already taking a lot of Social Security and, and, and the Medicare and the unemployment. I mean, they'll just increase those. You turn over control to Hillary Clinton. The government will decide which diseases to treat and which ones it won't treat and which techniques to treat and which pills to use. And they're already doing this in large measure now. 
and they because they they penalize people who opt out of the system. That's what's making it so high cost. Whereas if they would just get the fuck out of it, shut down the FBA, shut down the uh, the various things that are licensing all these doctors, and let people privately arrange it, then you'd have what you want or closer to it. But people think that oh, they, you know, let the government run it and make it free for everybody. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. It, well, what's just, happening? You know, that's well, the what's fucking Soviet Union all over again. Well, what's happening in in the UK is that because of the invasion and the National Health Service, which I emphasize it was set up for white people when it was originally planned, but because of the invasion into Great Britain by the non-whites, white, yeah. people, and white people now are opting out of the system. But James, that's because that's, they're making that stuff a political decision. They're saying, and they're doing it in the, in the U.S. too, they decide who's going to become a doctor like Hillary Clinton, they say, oh, there's too many specialists. They want to force every person into a healthcare purchasing collective. And then they, they, they want to determine what all is approved, who can become a doctor, how many specialists there are. And you can't, the politicians can't determine that stuff. And if they do, all they're going to do is drive the smart people, the good people, i.e., the white males, out of healthcare. Because they're going to limit how much they can be paid and where they can operate and what they can do, and, they, and, and they're going to make it full, and then they'll bring in the colored nurses like they're doing in England yeah. and here, and they'll, uh, it's just like anywhere else. They'll, they'll screw the locals, and they'll totally distort the system by making it political decisions. Well, you know what's... It just fits in with the rest of their agenda. What's interesting, though, is that uh, our, our, German, uh, our German poster and, and James... Uh, are both sympathetic to their national health services. In I know, Europe. but look, but look, there is no socialized system that doesn't have waiting lists where people die because they can't get in to get treated for stuff. That happens in Britain all the time. It happens in Canada. And but if you talk to the locals, they'll always say, "Oh yeah, we got the best system." You'll never find, for instance, a Canadian. I never heard of a Canadian who would admit that the American system was better than Canada's, but it is. And the, the simple proof is people don't go to Canada for treatment. They come, Canadians come to the U.S. for treatment that they can't get because it's not approved or because they've got to wait three, four years to get the treatment when they need it done now. There's, see, money is real. And just because we're racialists, we can't overlook the economic laws that the libertarians respect. Well, they don't pay attention to the, to the racial laws. I'm saying if you have socialized medicine, there's going to be waiting lists every single time. There's going to be black markets open up. And it's better just, the government doesn't deliver food. It can't, it can't deal with any of that stuff successfully. It can't really do anything well. I mean, it fucks up the war in Iraq. It, you know, it delivers first-class mail. Well, not really. You know, it, it, <laughs> Social Security, it's, it's basically bankrupt. It doesn't do anything well. And if you give it, you give it more stuff on top of its shitty record, it's not going to do it well. It's going gonna, it's gonna to screw it up, and you know, it doesn't mean anything to you until you need some kind of treatment that's not approved. Or even if it is approved, you've got to go on a waiting list until your time comes up, and people die all the time. Check around on VDARE. You'll read stuff about that. That stuff's all proven out. One of, the best, one of the best healthcare systems that was ever devised was devised by uh, the National Socialists in Germany. You know, I don't know a lot wasn't. about that, James. I, I, don't, I don't know. What, what do you, I mean, what happened in National Socialist Germany is very interesting, but, I mean, do you, do you have some information for us? No, I'm just saying it, it was. It was uh, government-run, but government-run by a genuine government that put the German people first. If you had tomorrow a white nationalist Great Britain, all the non-whites were exported back to their countries of origin en masse. Then you would have a true healthcare that would, you know. Would I mean, be one thing, for the one thing we have to acknowledge is is that these non-whites generally have very bad habits. They they They're killing the system. Yeah, and, and and they you know they don't have the same ethic that we do about. No. Yeah, but Jeff, what what will happen even if you, if you have the government? Okay, you've got Germans, and that's probably your top of the line white people in terms of they're ethnically related and they can make a. a a system that's not very good work better than it could otherwise, like they said about communism, because they're kind of pulling in the same direction. We don't have that history in America here. It's I agree. much better to do it on a on a on a money basis. Listen, I agree with you entirely, Alex. Socialized well, medicine here would be an utter disaster. But but here's my yeah. further point is even with the Nazis over there, what they started to do is we're gonna ban smoking in public. 
when the government takes control of health care and, and you accept that, then you turn over the government the right to tell you how to live your life because they're the ones who got to pick up the ultimate tab. So why should you be allowed to drink or, or as much as you want or too much? Or why should you, you be able to eat what food you want? Why should you be able to smoke? Why should you be able to drive in a car or on a motorcycle without wearing a seatbelt or a helmet? I mean, I don't want the government, at least we're, we're Americans. I mean, they may feel differently in Germany or, or Europe, but we don't want the government telling us that stuff. That's why, you know, Nazism, yes, uh, yes on, the, on, the, on the racial stuff. We have to have a dictatorial group of whites that, that absolutely is dictatorial and allows no deviation on the racial stuff. But beneath that, on the rest of these things, we should take advantage of what's been proven, and that's that the market works better for, for almost everything. It's just that people, you, you can't allow people to profit by destroying the community, by admitting the coloreds. And if you have solid nation states, they can respect each other and get along and, and not fight wars and still trade and, 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 and make it work. But, you know, you, if you get the government doing it, 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 what I'm saying is not my opinion. It's a simple fact. You're going to have waiting lists and people dying on them because all the decisions are going to be made by politicians. Now, the politicians can't know. They cannot have, no one can, the information to make those decisions about who needs what treatment. You have to leave it up to the individuals, and it has to be determined by what they can afford to pay. So, oh, boy, they ought to have it free. Well, that's not how things work. You, you don't, <laughs> because the, the flip side of guaranteeing to everybody as much health care as they want is somebody has to pay for that. And you're going to lose a hell of a lot more than you gain under that system. And you're still not going to get the good health care. Yeah, it's free. You just can't find any. That's always <laughs> the problem in a socialist economy. You know, yeah, health care is free in, in, in you know, everybody's literate in Cuba, you know, what can you read? Well, they only allow you to read this and this. Well, you got free health care, but we only offer treatment for, you know, two diseases. And you got to get on a five-year waiting list. And maybe it's not that bad, but it's, that's the essential nature of it. What you want is a system where you can go in, where the government red tape has been, has been eliminated, and you can buy insurance for, for radical uh, accidents that you might have to cover the big stuff. And then the rest of it, you pay out of pocket for it. It's not someone else's job to pay for your health care. But when the government goes in and distorts the market, that is used, as I've said a million times, that is the pretext for government completing the takeover of the health care industry. It, it, it doesn't mean anything good. Hillary Clinton does not know how to cure people. She does not need to be making any decisions for the health care for anybody in America. But she thinks she should be, and she, she nearly had that, that power, and she's going to try it again if she gets in as president. Why would you want politicians deciding who you can go to and what pills you can take? You wouldn't. And see, the opportunity cost, you've got the FDA. The opportunity cost of this is all the drugs that are never approved. The cost of getting a new drug approved and in the system is now $250 million on average. And, and who are the bureaucrats? They're people like David Kessler, the, you know, an obnoxious Jew slash, slash lawyer <laughs> from New York, right? These are the I know people. who they, he is. Yeah, this was back in the 90s. Well, they have no incentive to improve new stuff because it, it might be another thalidomide, and they get their ass chewed out, and people are pissed at them. So they, they sit on stuff. So people suffer because the drug companies are not allowed to market stuff that might help people. Let the people make those decisions, not the fucking government. It, the government cannot make things safe and nice for you. The best the government can ever do is kill people. And it's not, it's not even good at that. I mean, we can't even handle Iraq. So, so what would you turn to the government for help with? If it can't even do the one thing it's supposed to do, which is protect your country from invasion, it sure as hell can't solve any, anything that's actually difficult, like you know, becoming a good doctor and tell, and or developing a pill. The government doesn't do any of that. The government just makes that stuff more expensive and, and actually non-existent. I mean, it, the government is the type of thing now in the U.S. where if if you print like it. it they bust all kinds of people who are trying to provide alternative health therapies. And they say, you can't print you know, this on your label. You can't make this claim about it. You know, in the name of if making you safe, they will basically do all but tie you up in a chair and prevent you from moving and make you wear a helmet. Is that the kind of country you want to live in? I don't care if whites are running that kind of country. I don't want to live like that. I fucking hate this stuff. You know, in Kirksville, oh, they've, they've got the <laughs> anti-smoking shit on the ballot. Well, my, my point is that there's a certain logical inevitability to this. And even if you've got Nazis that we're big fans of for the racial stuff and for boldly standing up for the Jews, 
even if we have them running stuff, I don't want people telling me I can't smoke here, there, or anywhere else, even though I don't smoke. That's just, there's got to be, government's got to be limited to the few things it can kind of do and then leave the rest to private individuals. They're the ones who are able to do it. And let me give you, I know I'm long-winded, let me give you one more example. And I've written this up many times. I used to write about telemedicine. That was kind of my field after a while. That's kind of using computers to project medical expertise. Medical stuff is laid out in three or four levels so that in your extreme rural communities, you're only going to have your, your basic family care physicians. If there's anything sophisticated that comes up, you're going to have to refer to the person to a big city like Columbia or St. Louis where they can get tertiary level care. And there's kind of like one, two, three, four levels the first level being kind of a, a, a general practitioner or a family doctor. The fourth level being like a research hospital where they do the latest techniques. So you've got to get someone to a, a serious specialist and then a subspecialist if they have something really weird, which usually means moving them. But through computers, you can eliminate the need to move them somewhat, somewhat. At least that's the theory. So to test this theory, you know, the government will, will extract through taxes millions of dollars and ladle them out across the country to different schools to write grant applications to get... $250,000 worth of computers set in to do this so-called telemedicine, telemeaning distance, and whereby you, you go to your local, say you're out here, well, Kirksville is not a good example because we actually have a third-level hospital, so we're kind of the hub of northeastern Missouri, but say you're a couple counties away, you might go into your little, your local hospital, or say you're in rural Montana, and you want to shoot it back to Billings, whatever, you go in there, and you're, you're on screen, and then you pop up in the specialist office maybe 300 miles away. And he diagnoses you no matter, you know, it can handle all kinds of different stuff, like look at a rash in your arm or it could be psychological. Anyway, the point is the government funds all these demonstration projects that cost hundreds of thousands of dollars and are basically never used. So who, who does something that's actually useful? Well, one guy I interviewed many years ago was down in, I remember, he was down in like Slidell, Louisiana, I think it was, and he developed, he developed a monitoring system. When you have babies with uh, fetuses with problems, you've got to monitor their heart rate and a number of other uh, vital signs. So he, buying his own equipment, no grants involved, no taxpayer money involved, he developed, he bought computers and he bought the diagnostic equipment, he figured out how to make it work, and he hooked this up for the women he had who had neonatal problems, and he could therefore read this, the vital signs of the fetus and the mother remotely, so they didn't have to come in all the time. So there's a, re there's a perfect small example of how the government works versus how individual private people work. And all the government does is, is it, it it takes from people who could use the money better themselves, and it distorts the market, and it spends the money as it wants to, which is on a lot of wasted projects. And then the cost of, of health care goes up, and it's hidden to people. They're just thieves. They steal the money. They use a lot of it themselves. They waste the rest of it, and then they tell you that the reason the prices are so high is because of the greedy insurance companies. The insurance companies have to live in the system that is set up by the government. I mean, it, it really is. It, it's like, you know... Adults molesting kids and then blaming the kids for being molested by the adults. We have to live in the, in, the, in the legal rules that the government creates. They're the ones defining who can be a doctor. They're the ones who determining what is allowed to become a drug. They don't trust people to make their own decisions. And the dumber and browner our populations get, the less they will be free to make their own decisions. So the winning mixture, I really believe, is, is we, we can't just duplicate what the Nazis did because... I don't think they were right on every single thing. Now, they were right about the Jews and, and, and the coloreds, but uh, on, on this stuff, I think there's definitely libertarian things we can combine. Well, you know, we, we do have to... Uh, I've always, I've, and I, I know I, that many people will not feel the same way, but all, all yeah. I'm saying is, look, when people are dying in waiting lists, uh, there's something wrong with your system. And you see, you understand, it's like everything else. The papers don't talk about that stuff. It's, it's covered up. Oh, we got a socialist. You don't pay. You go in. All you, know, you got to pay is five bucks on your on your visit. Healthcare is free. It no, nah, it doesn't work like that. You know, it, it's a complex. It's a complex issue, and and, and I, it's not that complex. It. It's complexified by people have an interest in complexifying it, which is the the media, who who want a, a, a single payer system. Trust me, the stuff well, I just said. You you cannot get into any medical magazine because it's it's just it's a direct parallel to the Jewish stuff. The government is always fucking right. You never the go, is the government ever greedy and want to expand its power and get rich? Of course, it's always like that. But you can never talk about it. You can't write about that in any of the trade magazines. Well, there are certainly truths in what you're saying. Uh, I I I happen to think that uh, you know that uh, you know the the Swedish system 
has never cracked to this day, and uh, and it's still going on year after year, and and they still like it. Now, uh, I am an American, and I do, uh, you know, and I'm sure most of our listeners also share you, your same the same attitudes you do about government, and and it would be absolutely impractical, I think, to try to sell, uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah, well, socialism to American white nationalists, but. Regardless if it's socialism or libertarianism that, that a government kind of gravitates to, a white nationalist government, socialism is going to work better in a white, all-white nation. Well, yeah. Well, look, it will in, work better. In Sweden, you have a very small number of people. They're ethnically homogenous, at least until the last 20 years. Yes. And, yeah, they have a system, and, and no one's really allowed to rebut it. They have socialized media, too, for the most part. They only have a couple private channels, and they're as bad as the government channels. So... Uh, yeah, their system has been praised a lot, but if you read up on it, it's it's not good. I mean, the, the the advances in medicine are not coming from Sweden and the Nordic countries; they're coming from the U.S. Because to to uh, uh, some extent, we're a little freer than they are. That it's like I said, no nobody people around the world fly to the U.S. for treatment. Nobody flies to Canada for treatment. Nobody flies to Cuba for treatment. Nobody goes to England for treatment. I'm not sure about that. I think there's some pretty good medicine in England, and because I think I don't lot, think so. I think a lot of those Saudis so. and, and Jordanians go there. Yeah, they they might they might go to some uh, private hospitals. Or yeah, something yeah, they're they not going. They're not. That, going, I don't think they're going to the NHS. I, I can guarantee yeah. you that that the, the richest people in the third world are coming to the U.S. when they need health care treatment. They're not going to any socialized thing unless it's uh, uh, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're close. And you had a lot of money, you might go over there, but I, I can assure you, the U.S. has by far the largest share of that market. There's absolutely no question about it. Well, this think is probably about all the po- think about all the potentates who get sick and then they come over here, like the Shah. I think of Iran did that. They the, come, they're coming here because we got better treatment, we got more development, we got, we just have a lot more. So the Al- uh, Alex, I have to confess, as interesting as you can make a topic. I think that healthcare is something that's going to probably put everyone to sleep. Well, we may disagree, but I'm, I'm telling you. Well, no, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you either. Uh, well, James might, but and and many, and he might be representative of a number of others. I'm just telling you that. Well, I'm I'm citing the facts, and and not just the facts, but what I've seen straight up in uh in interviewing people on this and talking about it, and it's just and it's a real debate within white nationalism. What should the government do, and what shouldn't it do? It is. I mean, and and I think there's there's definitely, I would favor within a racial dictatorship. I would favor a, a more of a libertarian approach, as long as it, private businessmen are not destroying the the greater community. Uh, they need the leeway to make decisions, and that, that's how you get the most productivity and, and you'll get the fastest economic development. It's just that that's not your god and your number one goal. That's number two or number three. Yes. The race is the ve- the state is the vehicle for the race, like Hitler said. Yes, and that's what we don't have now because you, now you're to be at all competitive under the the rules as set up by the government, which is run by Jews. You have to outsource and you have to hire Mexicans to keep your costs down to be competitive. So you're forced to do stuff that destroys the community. And if you don't, you go out of business. It's like it's like the contractors in the line in the sand, whose competitors were all using Mexican labor at you know. 12 bucks an hour where they'd been paying like 17 or something. They went out of business because they were loyal to the country. And that's the position that a lot of our business classes put in. That's why I particularly resent them blaming big business when they're not the ones who are creating the rules and the red tape that they have to live with. Now, now over time, there develops a, a, a kind of a, a relationship and a feedback loop, and, and that's obviously the, the military-industrial complex that, that Eisenhower talked about. It's most evident maybe in the defense stuff, where together, you know, the, the, the guys who go from consultants to big business to government agencies to advisors have the incentive and the ability to create fresh wars that, that uh, support them all. I mean, uh, it, it's, it's a little bit the same in healthcare over time, but Come on, man! The government's the one making the rules that they got to follow, and then it blames the people who have to take on the costs because of its laws as the ones that are that are uh, driving the cost of the whole system. Not so. Not so. 
Well, it's something that uh, you know will probably continue on, and uh, you've made some very good points about well, this. And they can make. We got that one thread where we're talking about it based on the lens column. And yeah, uh, this is on VNN. Uh, go VNN.com, and it's it's George Lenz's column, and uh, uh, the German fellow is Unberbar. If you want to look at his comments. Yeah, and the, the thing is, they. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, see, they can tie in the healthcare stuff. It's just like I said, Hillary Clinton wanted to say only X. They, they want to do affirmative action, and their political agenda plays in nicely with the, with their agenda for taking over health care, which is about 10% of the economy. See, then they can determine who becomes doctors and how many males and females and how many blacks and how much affirmative action and how many specialists there are instead of letting the market take care of that. They keep creating new barriers to entry so that to make it less attractive for white males who might want to become doctors and then they within that they create uh, they create political barriers you know to how many can become specialists and you got to imagine this what does this cunt clinton know about health care she doesn't know anything but she's going to determine how many general practitioners there are what color they are. It's just a way of entrenching them in power. It's yet another way. And healthcare is such a huge portion of the economy. You don't want those people taking over. And and like I said, I mean it's it's an established fact that Nazis were basically the first country, I believe, that limited or banned uh, smoking in certain public places. You see and a lot of people like that. I mean a lot of people in Kirksville like that. I don't like that. Well you know what whatever whatever we think about the larger uh, uh, political uh, philosophical aspects of having, you know, socialism or libertarianism in our economy. I think everyone listening tonight agrees that uh, if this government uh, that we have this 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 rogue uh, Jew uh, inf in infiltrated government that we have uh, now, if they if they attempt to erect a uh, national socialized health service, uh, we can all uh, very easily imagine the tyranny that it's going to become. And and it, that's absolutely insane uh, to want that here. You know, well, you know, if this were if this were 1955 and the country was 98 percent white, it would make a little bit more sense to discuss it. But uh, Jeff, and it, it's political like everything else. Like yeah. like, and anywhere there's a disparity, the media, the Jews will will have their media describe a gap that has to be closed. Yes. So well, guess who's getting better health treatment than uh, than blacks? Well, whites are. Well, we have to close the health difference gap. You'll even see this reported on. Just like, well, we can't graduate whites. Uh, we have to shut down the education gap. We have to shut down the crime and the imprisonment gap. How do they do that? By fucking whites. Yes. And well, the, and you don't think they'd wanting, apply that to health care? Yeah. The same people who apply that on every other front? You don't think they'd say, well, you've lived long enough, or well, blacks are only getting 10% of this treatment. We need to put them ahead of you in the waiting room. Of course they do that. Of course they do that. So when you want socialized medicine, you're saying, I want to turn over more of my own decisions and money to people who hate me and, and are, support my genocide. You think the people who are in favor of your genocide care about your health care? Okay, that's if I were going to reduce it to an epigram. That's pretty close. It would, it would, <laughs> Oscar Wilde would come up with something right along those lines. People interested in your genocide don't give a damn about your health care. Oh, I agree. And that, that's the ultimate way to reduce it, yeah. That's what it is. So they say, fuck you, you know, white males stink, you're, you're way down in the list. And, hey, the U.S. system is bad, but it's bad because of government. And that can be proved across the board. I would, uh, I w I would guess that uh, uh, if, if they had the health care system, they would probably, uh, in the interest of fairness, uh, ration uh, white people's access to health care so uh, to any uh, socialized system has to ration access. You, it's political. I'm telling you. Yeah. They can simply not ad admit certain diseases, or they can, or they can advance other ones. They can claim AIDS is the greatest pub public health crisis we get and give it a disproportionate. Hey, that's already happening. We don't even have a fully socialized system. Right. Let me tell you. And and I've seen these people up close, and I've been to many conferences and heard them talk. The government employs all kinds of useless, waste of skin PhDs who write papers. These fuckers have no notion of privacy or individual self-sufficiency. They want to run everything. They know what's best for every motherfucker. In the, and I'm not talking about Jews. I'm not talking about niggers or colors. I'm talking about just whites and usually white males. Hell, a lot of these P useless PhDs are white males. They they're 
they want to control everything. People are just fucking cogs to them, and they know how to set up the right system. What they'd really like to do is get everybody into a database, and yes. uh, so that they and, and Britain actually, you want to talk about where Britain's actually ahead of the U.S. It's in, in exactly that kind of stuff. They got a database tracking like every single kid in in England. There are like twelve million of them, and the integration of databases combined with video cameras. I mean, my God, I. I can't stand what we've seen in the U.S. As I've said many times in the last uh, year, uh, they got those goddamn metal arms that reach over the highways with video cams on them now. Yeah. Over basically outside every major city and outside every every base, every army base that you see an exit to from this from the from the big roads, and it's just to me that's the most ominous visual symbol. And and I've as I've said before in England, I mean, and, and James can verify, they're just you know like a like blackbirds on a telephone line. I mean, there's uh, just millions of video cameras taping everybody. So England is far in advance of us on on that kind of social control stuff. I would say because we don't have uh, we don't have everything ta- at least videotaped as much as they do over there. But of course, they got a smaller area to work with, so it's probably a little easier. There's still big spaces in the U.S. A lot of it's still rural. But anyhow, if you want to move on from healthcare. Well, we're near the yeah. Let's move off of healthcare. We're near the top of the hour, though. But we have a. I can have, rant on that for another fucking three hours if you want. <laughs> yeah, that it. It really pissed me off. But I interviewed all kinds of people on that and talked to them. No, I. You know what? I'll even look up some stuff and print it about where where foreigners go to get treated. They don't. They go to the U.S. They don't go to these other places except in tiny numbers. I mean, yeah. If you're in the if you're in the Middle East, there it might be a little bit cheaper to go to some private. Thing in Germany or England or France. France has good uh, healthcare stuff too, to some extent. But and here's here's the final point. There is also that the, the Hillary Clintons and the Congress see socialized medicine is just bullshit for for the working class morons. But it, the the people who are the actual elite, it's just like the Soviet Union. They they are outside of that system completely. They yes. get the first class private medical care that costs an extreme amount of money. You don't get that. See if you're over if you're a doctor and you want to and you want out of the system you don't want to treat Medicare Medicaid they don't allow you to do that in the U.S. right now I'm pretty sure on that so they've already socialized it in the time of life when people need it most because most medical costs over a person's lifetime are in the last six months of their life and they're saying to doctors if you don't treat if you don't plan to our system we won't we won't allow you to uh, treat people outside of it you can treat people outside of it but you have to take Medicare and Medicaid so they basically can't opt out of it without destroying their practice. So you already have socialized medicine, and uh, <coughs> no, they uh, no. I can tell you, U.S. is far ahead of uh, the rest of the world combined in, in healthcare. It's simply true. <coughs> you won't get a Canadian to admit it, but it is true. It's like I said, Canadians come to the U.S. for treatment that they can't get in Canada because they're stuck on a waiting list or their disease isn't recognized. I mean, imagine if there if there was a disease that were, were peculiar to white male. There may not be one peculiar to white male, but there are probably some diseases that white males suffer from in higher percentages and numbers than other set the other sex or the other races. Cystic and fibrosis. I you, I, yeah, I guarantee you those will be at the bottom of the funding list proportionally, and the money will go. The money doesn't go into prostate cancer research; it goes into breast cancer research. The money doesn't go into cystic fibrosis; it goes into fucking AIDS. AIDS is it isn't even clear that AIDS is a disease. AIDS may just be the compromised immune system of faggots who are out there popping pills and getting 500 anonymous blowjobs. And we got to pay for their fucking... Everybody's taking a free ride in the white male is what's going on. And socialized medicine just will mean more of that. Yeah, if we were in control and we were angels, it might halfway work. But, you know, the beautiful part is we know about human incentives and they, they remain in place even if the government is run by white people who are sane. So you've got to let those incentives in human nature... Uh, have have their way, because that will make the best system for everybody. If you want health care, you have to pay for it. The best we can do is get the fucking government out of the way in the licensing and restriction. They're not making you safe. They're just ma- they're making it costlier for you to get that health care. You have to think. You have to defend yourself. You have to do the heavy lifting in your life. There's no way fucking around that. No government can make it safe for you, and you shouldn't want them to, or else you're an animal. I I do have some concerns about socialism also in that I think it kind of, I think that a a very 
a rigorous sort of um, uh, environment in which people uh, are faced with consequences that might end their lives if they make the wrong choices, I think is is very uh, is very good for our race, and because well, we're, we're, hey, let me- we you know our system here. Uh, that we have here and in, in Europe as well, and I know this will sound cruel, but I I think uh, it 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 hurts human quality because it allows people to breed and to exist and to live uh, that shouldn't. And that uh, that may be true, but but the overriding point here is if you and and there the books written on this are by a guy named Robert Proctor who wrote about medicine under the Nazis. He wrote at least two. I've got one of them and read it. Uh, are you willing to make that turn that political decision over to the government? We said that's you, that, that, are you willing to turn that over to a Nazi? And how do you know that Nazi won't turn that against you and your kind? Well, I, I would feel I would feel uh, far far safer with those sort of decisions being made in, in in the German National Socialist state than I would in Hillary Clinton's multicultural America. Well, they're both in favor of it. So well, I mean, I would I would feel much but, more but confident a a <laughs> about about <laughs> the decision making process. <laughs> Uh, there than I would, you know, with having Hillary Clinton and, and, and Ted Kennedy and and these filthy Jews uh, uh, in the Senate uh, making decisions. Yes, uh, listen, I do, I would never want socialist medicine here in this country uh, in in these circumstances. Uh, well, never. Yeah, well, Jeff, keep this in mind. I mean, uh, what they're ultimately going to find is that uh, political views are more or less a function of genes. I believe. And the Israelis are already working a- along those lines, and and so why not? Uh, these genes have proven, uh, you know, these the, say Linder or whatever, or yeah, <coughs> Beck genes have proven to be uh, antisocial. You know, however they, and they, well, they you know, if we're hate. You know, we we decide to eliminate hate by going to the root. The root turns out to be genetic. What can we say? Three generations of haters is enough. Three. <laughs> All right. Let's what take am I referring to there? You better explain it so the adults can can pick up on it. Uh, tell us. <laughs> well turned, my man. The uh, the famous court decision. We had eugenics before the Nazis did. The Nazis followed Americans, and there was a famous court decision where he was like, three generations of morons is enough." Oh, I think was yeah. what the judge says. Right. That's so, right. So my, my my point is, hey, he may be right, he may be wrong, but it's him making the call. It ain't you. So these these fuckers, you know, hey, they might maybe they want to shut down our dicks in the name of uh, stopping hate. Yeah, and I I know these people, and believe me, believe me, they'd love to do that. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So, so let, let's be let's be you know even we got all white guys you know that's great that's groovy but you know you, you got to run our own lives we don't we don't need other people making all the fucking decisions for us even if they're white males of good stock. Right. All right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm suspicious of everything. There's something to be said for that, definitely. All right, let's let's take a, a short break here at the top of the hour. We got a lot more to talk about. This is we're heading into the third hour of VNN broadcasting, VNN Free Talk Live. We're here with James Hawthorne, who's dormant at the moment. Alex, <laughs> no, James is politely letting me go on, and I know he disagrees yeah. with what I'm saying to a good extent, but that's all right. And uh, uh, and you know those <laughs> Europeans are soft, though, Alex. <laughs> they need to be hardened up with some free market uh, health care. Yeah, that's right. And, uh, and uh, of course, your host, Jeff Beck. And we will be right back. Hi, this is James Hawthorne. When I want a quiet Jew-free night, I like to sit back and listen to Vanguard Radio. <laughs> 